0: Welcome to another edition of the Nashville Women's Health Podcast. It's me, your host, Amy Bailey, and I have Allison Rogers here with me today. Hey, Allison. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for joining me today. You're so welcome. Yay. So Allison is a board-certified music therapist, and she owns her own practice. It's called Music and Miracles, and you are on Music Row, right?
1: I am. I am. I just got my office all finished and painted up uh, last week, actually. So it's exciting to finally have a, a space again.
0: <laughs> what a great place to have your office, right on Music Row.
1: It's perfect. It, it was just the way it fell into my lap. I was like, okay, this is meant to be.
0: <laughs> perfect. Well, tell everybody you're a music therapist, which I didn't even know anything about. So tell everybody what what a music therapist is or does.
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, basic definition, music therapy, um, if you haven't seen it on TV or heard about it, um, it's just use of music within a therapeutic relationship um, to help clients accomplish individualized goals and to meet their needs. So their needs might be mental, emotional, physical, social, communication, spiritual. Um, It just kind of depends on the setting that the music therapist is working in. And the wonderful thing about music therapy is music um, is used in all areas of life throughout our entire uh, life. So you'll see music therapists, you may have seen them if you've heard about them in in schools or working with older people, um, in hospital settings, in private practice like myself, um, in in forensic settings like prisons, jail system, mental health facility. So we were in every little place. um, and it's just really starting to the field is really starting to gain popularity over the last, um, I would say 10, 10 to 15 years. Um, Gabby Giffords was a really big catalyst for seeing music therapy on the news. I'm not sure if you've heard much about her. Um, but she, um, was unfortunately shot and, um, a music therapist worked with her, along with a team of um, physical therapists and speech therapists, to gain her speech back. Um, and so that kind of propelled music therapy to the forefront because it was such an important part of her treatment process. Um, so we were in some really cool places, doing some really great work, um, and. I happen to um, have had experience in a bunch of different settings as well, um, but currently working uh, with perinatal mental health, um, infertility, and um, adult mental health. So, um, so it's been a, a really fun journey so far, and, and I'm excited to share with everybody um, what it is, because it is so unknown.
0: It is, and it's one of those things, music is universal, so I feel like we should know more about this.
1: Of course. Yeah. And it's so helpful. Like, um, you know, I started out, so I got my uh, my undergraduate degree at Texas Women's University and did my internship at a school district. So my beginnings were in special education and I did that for a little while Um, and, and getting to see uh, preschool program all the way through the transition and and seeing how powerful it was in the academic setting and helping people um, students to learn their personal information or learn their numbers or Be able to interact with their peers in a group setting and maybe they wouldn't get to do that normally but helping them to take turns in group um, and then I moved into a community um, setting which was a theater and we did rock bands and musicals yeah. and yeah, to see it from the outside, it's like, wow, this is so fun. And it really was. But the cool thing was I was teaching them, you know, um, cognitive skills. I was teaching them how to um, improve their relationships with their peers, improve the relationship with themselves and, and their families who came to see them. And um, so it was, it was really wonderful to put on a show, but then to also help them access those skills and give a voice to students who probably wouldn't normally have that spotlight put on them. Um, so, and like you said, it is universal and we all love it in some form or fashion and it connects us in a way.
0: Yeah. I think we can yeah. express ourselves through music in ways that we can't always verbally. So true. So how yeah. did we get involved with kind of a women's health, um, area of clients like the perinatal and the postpartum?
1: Yeah. So I, I like to say I was just kind of destined for it, but um, so my, I'm the oldest of five kids and my mom was a, a neonatal intensive care unit nurse and a labor and delivery nurse. So I grew up around it. I heard all of the stories. I was just always so fascinated with it and loved helping her take care of my siblings. Um, and actually before switching into music therapy, I wanted to become a neonatologist. So I, I always wanted to be in this field of um, working with parents and and their children, um, but then stumbled upon music therapy and then later stumbled upon the fact that, oh, wait, there are music therapists doing this work. I can still do this. So, um, you know, being able to combine the two things that I love the most, um, it's really exciting.
0: Yeah, yeah. So tell us kind of like what a typical session would look like and maybe break it down between if you have someone who walks in, who's pregnant versus someone who's postpartum, does it look different?
1: It does. And it it really depends on their needs. So, you know, maybe mom who's walking in, who's pregnant, um, depending on what we're working on, maybe it's just bonding with baby Um, and and it'll look different bonding with baby prenatal versus postpartum. So maybe this would mean, um, writing a song, uh, I li- like a womb song, to express their hopes and desires and what they expect for this new life. And, um, you know, sin- doing some sensory stimulation where you're stroking the belly and singing to the baby. And um, this is so, I like to encourage moms to sing to their babies, even if they think that they don't have a good voice. <laughs> sing to your baby because it's it's helping them to learn your voice. It's helping them with language acquisition. Um, it's just such a powerful way to connect with your baby baby. Um, so it may look like that versus bonding with baby in postpartum. It's actually like following their cues and singing to them as they're vocalizing back or just being able to, again, do sensory stimulation, but you're being able to hold their hand and stroke their hand or to stroke their feet and to sing to them and tell them how much you love them. Um, and just developing a, a relationship in such a different way. Um, so it's just, they're both so powerful, but look very different. <laughs>
0: yeah. That's great bonding right
1: there. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, some other things in a session might look like coming in and um, depending on, on what we decide to do or what the, the what the client enjoys, um, we could sit at some instruments and I'll have them pick one that's representing what they're feeling that day. Um, and it kind of warms warms up the client. It warms up me to what what's going on with them um, and they can sit and play and express to me the emotion or the thought and sometimes don't even have to tell me what's going on, but to be able to just let it out and let that instrument personify that thing that they're holding onto. And and maybe it's talking about the role change of going from not having children to having children. Um, Cause it's so difficult sometimes to process that. And sometimes we're moving so fast through our daily lives that, um, we don't acknowledge that. Uh, So it's nice to have a space to acknowledge those um, excitements and anxieties and and all the different feelings that you're processing through that time. Um, Or maybe it's listening to a song that you really enjoy that expresses what you're feeling and just really gets you. Um, And, and it's just a, like you said, another way to express what we can't really say.
0: And I think it's expected of new moms for having a baby for it to be easy and you're supposed to be so elated. You've been waiting for this baby and now it's here and it can be very challenging. The postpartum period, you know, you can feel alone or isolated. Of course, we all know that postpartum depression and anxiety, postpartum psychosis. So this sounds great to help people who are scared to maybe talk to even a friend or their partner about this.
1: Wow. Right. And, and maternal mental health, perinatal mental health. It's, it's one of those topics that, for so long, wasn't acknowledged, wasn't talked about. It was insane with infertility. It's, it's scary. Um, and almost, I hate to use the word taboo, but kind of like people yeah. just are afraid to talk about it, especially PPD um, and, and, and postpartum anxiety. It's just like, there's something I even have um, someone that I know that is, is going through that right now. And they're like, there's something wrong with me. I'm like, there's nothing with you, but it's that guilt of like, I'm supposed to be able to do this, and how can I help my baby if I can't even help myself? And um, and it's just this huge weight of guilt, um, and and being afraid to even talk about the fact that there's something else happening. Um, so you're so right. It's it's nice to be able to come into a place where I'm not going to force you to talk, but I'm still going to be here to support you and provide that musical support. The f- you know, physical support, even if it's just like, you know, holding your hand or just being there um, and being a listening ear to what's going on.
0: Yeah, I think this is a great resource for that type of clientele, for sure. Yeah. What about infertility? You kind of touched on that. You work with people who are going through infertility?
1: Yes, that's actually a huge passion population of mine, and um, I'm—I don't remember if I mentioned this, but I'm in a, in my master's program at Temple University and uh, getting my master's in music therapy and counseling license. And a lot of my research is over the use of creative arts therapies and infertility, um, because it is something that's so important that we talk about um, and that we acknowledge that there's a lot of again unspoken emotion um, and pain and, um, guilt around that as well. Um, it's also something that people just hold onto, um, and blame themselves when it's not their fault. Um, so it's one of those things in, uh, both in counseling and in music therapy that just isn't heavily touched on right now. So something that I'm very passionate about helping people with and, um, hoping to do more research on how, how can we help people that are going through that and how can we be of a support?
0: Yeah. I think that's great. What about loss? People who've had either a miscarriage or stillborn or infant loss, even do you work with that type of population too?
1: I do. I do. Um, and actually music therapists are, I forgot to mention they're all through hospice, um, and palliative care and, and help people help families process through that bereavement, um, bereavement process. And yeah. So helping them to, again, I've, I've written a song, um, that I, I did it with a friend of mine that that went through loss, um, and I like to use it as an example of how we can process through that with clients. Um, and I think it's so powerful to sit with someone and listen to their story, and to help help them create something. That then they can take and have a positive memory of that experience, um, and so that's kind of what that song process was. And it always reminds me of how powerful music can be in that moment. Um, but yeah, it's it's also something that um, that I focus on in session, and um, and I think that it's also another part of it that's so hard to talk about. Um, yeah, especially miscarriage and and stillborn stillbirths.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think we hear of miscarriages so commonly that it almost gets swept under the rug how emotional it can be for a woman or family going through this. You
1: know? Exactly, yeah, especially if it's early on. Early um, on, and
0: never it's, show, right.
1: Yeah, no one, one knows maybe about it, maybe. right, yeah. yes, and that's a big part of it is they're processing through that by themselves. And holding onto that, um, and and maybe going through it a couple of times, and and it just compounds on on itself, um, and it can be a really huge um, trauma in a sense. Um, so yeah, being being able to have something where you don't have to come up with the words to express what's going on, um, and helping them to maybe develop coping skills around that as well, um, it, that's a, a big part of it, and accessing um, I, I think in that, in let me rephrase that. I think in, um, in those cases, sometimes we disassociate from those parts of our body, like our womb area and to be able to help them to reintegrate that back into their body. Um, and to feel into that again and do relaxation and, um, just feel like they're not broken
0: and that I'm they have all of this. Yes. You're speaking right. on the bridge right now. Yes.
1: Right. Right. So, you know, um, there's just so many things that we can do, um, and, and be of support. Um, it's, it's really powerful and I'm so passionate about it. Um, and I I wish that birthing persons, um, and, and people going through, you know, perinatal, um, anxiety and depression would reach out more, um, and feel safe too. I guess I should say. Yeah. Um, Yeah.
0: And sometimes people are not ready to talk. So I just love what you're doing. You know, it just, it's, it's a great way to kind of, I don't know, break into the conversation.
1: Exactly. Right. Exactly.
0: Okay. So you mentioned uh, mental health also. Did we miss anything? You said you treat patients with mental health. Um,
1: I do. I do. So um, right now I do um, a lot of groups. So um uh, anxiety depression um substance use addictions dual diagnoses um i uh i work like residential and um, partial hospitalization treatment um with men and women um and and sometimes combined as well and just helping them gain more insight into into themselves and to support their growth to help them develop relaxation and coping strategies to help them um, reintegrate all these things that they're learning in their other treatment processes and to feel supported. Um, And and another thing is the unspoken part of it as well is that, you know, maybe in a residential treatment facility, they're just talking, talking, talking all day. They're having to go through um, really heavy, deep work and process um, verbally, you know, well, how are you feeling? And what was this experience like? But, and they can come to me and, um, and not that, not to say that those things aren't great, you know, I'm getting my counseling license, but um, they can come to me and maybe we do a guided visualization with music and they see an image and they're able to express that thing in a different way or they do an improvisation on an instrument that maybe they connect to that instrument and it's like wow i didn't know i was you know experiencing this feeling until i played that so it's just gaining insight in in a different way and kind of in a roundabout way um Yeah, where they're not really having to label something, but if they have that insight, I'm there to listen and to help them process that.
0: Yeah. And you know, talking all day is exhausting. It's hard. (laughs) It's hard, especially when there's a traditional tie there. So I think then being able to express yourself differently through music would be a stress relief, a form of relaxation for
1: them. Right. Right. Yeah. And especially when we get like some days I'll say, Okay, we're not gonna do the heavy work today, we're going to have some fun. So like, um, you know, I've done one where it was kind of like a speed dating in a way where we did like a getting to know you with music questions. So it was like, what was your favorite concert that you've been to? Or if you were a baseball player, what would your walk-on song be? You know, it's, it's little things like that, that help them bond together, especially in residential treatment, they're living together and they don't really know each other in, in that fun and lighthearted way. And so they're learning things and deepening that bond with these people that then will be their support system as they move into the next phase of their life. So, um, so it's really, it's great to see that growth and change, um, even over a short period of time, cause I don't see them for a very long period of time. So okay. yeah. it's, it's great. Yeah.
0: It allows you and them to be creative. I think that's really, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Do Definitely. you
0: collaborate with other healthcare professionals?
1: Yes, I have. So I haven't here in Tennessee. So I didn't mention I uh, I started Music and Miracles in Dallas uh, last year, um, and then my partner and I moved to um, moved to Nashville in January of this year, and then coronavirus. <laughs> um, so, but before that, I've collaborated with. Speech therapists, with occupational therapists, physical therapists—you um, name it—I've I've collaborated with them, and it's really cool. One because I'm such a huge nerd, and I love to learn about what other people are doing and how they bring their strengths and talents to the table um, to help people. But then also, like, where can I fit music in here? And and. You know, Yeah. And see them be able to kind of help me rework my goals and help them rework their goals. Um, So it's really fun to see how we can get together and um, meet the same needs and goals, but in a different way, in a creative way.
0: Well, it's got my wheels spinning for some of my clients. Who can I, you know, connect you with? Because I think this would be, you know, I see a lot of people who've had some form of abuse in their past and I think it would be a great way to open up a little bit and to, even like you say, deal with some of these parts of their body that are taboo to them.
1: Right. Yeah. And, and figure out why and, and gain that insight. And then, yeah, just being able to have support on both ends. Um, it's, it's so powerful. And I think working together is the biggest way to help a client because ultimately our goal as therapists is to see them move, move on and, and, Um, and move forward so I think working together is the the best way to to achieve that
0: yeah 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 so does anybody come in and they're just terrified like I think of my singing voice and I'm like there is no way I would write a song
1: (laughs) (laughs) yes yes like I remember being in a hospital setting and in a hospital you're pretty much you're going up you're knocking on the door and you're like hi I'm Allison. I'm music therapist. Have you heard of music therapy? And, and they're like, oh, oh, I don't know. Like you just see the hesitation immediately. Um, and you know, I'll whip out the guitar and I'll say, well, if you want to sing with me, and they're like, no, no, no. I just want to hear you sing. But eventually, eventually I get them, I get them to sing or at least participate in some way. But there's always that little bit of, but I'm not a musician. And my thing is like, you do not have to have, any musical experience. Um, the only thing is that you know you're motivated by music and most people are. Not everybody is but most people are. And um, and so we're, we're all musical in some way even if it's not singing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hand me an instrument. I may bang on it but I can't. There now. you go. And me singing in front of someone. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'll give you some drums. You can play the drums. <laughs>
0: That's funny, I did play a djembe drum in college with a band, so that's mine. What? Yeah. I love that.
1: That's awesome.
0: Okay, so that's a good question though, leading in, like what types of instruments do you have or use? Tell me about that. Oh
1: yeah, that. so um, guitar and piano are really big ones. Um, I guess on my end, I use them a lot more when I worked with um children and uh and adolescents, but I bring them in and and still add those into mental health services. But I guess in a different sense, I'm more of the one playing that in in that case in a group setting, but in individual settings, um, everybody's free to to play those. But um a lot of percussion instruments, because those are just the easiest for people, especially those without musical experience, to still have fun on and still have access to um, and still be able to feel like they're contributing um, to the group. So a lot of djembes and cajones and and, uh, kielbasa, which are like these little scratching instruments, um, maracas, things like that. So they're they're small and they're easy to play. and they're they're still really fun. And sometimes my adults are like, "This is so corny, but I love it." Like <laughs> the little instruments, they they love it.
0: Bring <laughs> yeah, a smile to their face. You know, you've done a great yeah. job.
1: <laughs> Accessing the inner child. It's perfect.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. So, how um, do you pick the music then? I mean, do you tailor it to each different client, or is it diagnosis based? I can't. There's so much music out there. I can't even imagine how you.
1: Yeah. So, um, as a music therapist, it's always client preferred, um, because that's the way that I get to learn about the other person. Um, and, and they're able to connect to that on such a different level and it just helps them to feel supported because it's something that they can share with me and it's something that's familiar to them. Um, sometimes I bring in stuff, um, and I can share that with them and, and bring in a, a piece of myself and um, and show them something new, or maybe I'm using a relaxation track that maybe they just didn't know about. But typically it's, what do you like? What kind of music do you like? And, and I'll bring that in. Um, in group settings. I love, I think my favorite thing to do with a new group is to have everybody go around and share a song that's meaningful to them right then. Mm -hmm. Um, and people at the end are like, Oh my gosh, can I write down that song? That was so cool. I didn't know that existed. Um, so you feel like you're contributing to the group and then you also feel like you're getting something back from it. So, um, so that's kind of the process of that and, and being able to, um, I think my favorite part is being able to learn new songs from my clients. Yeah. I yeah. only know so much, but then they can bring in stuff that I'm like, I had no idea this existed, but it's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> and add it to my list.
0: <laughs> That's really cool. I would love that because I'd love to find out about new music. <laughs> so. Right? Yeah, it's
1: fun creating new Spotify lists and um, yeah. And then the other part is like being able to write new stuff too. Um, Songwriting is a big part of it as well. So we get to create our own. Mm.
0: That's awesome. Do you have a particular genre that you like personally?
1: Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I think I lean because I'm a songwriter as well and a performer. I think I lean into the like indie folk and pop lane. Um, I like to call it like the coffee shop sound. (laughs) That's kind of my thing. Um, But I enjoy it all. I think that's why I am in this field, because I just love learning new stuff, like I said. And um, so some days my partner and I, because he likes metal, sometimes we're listening to metal and hard rock, and sometimes we're listening to Taylor Swift. So you just never know.
0: (laughs) The great thing about music right there. Right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. Okay. You have some support groups that you're doing right now. Tell us about those.
1: Yes. So um, I have two support groups. One is a prenatal, uh, excuse me, prenatal virtual support group. And the other one is postpartum virtual support group. And they just started this past week. Um, And basically both of them in are based on themes that um, are creating community right now with COVID and everything. um, It's really easy to feel, isolated, and to not feel like you have um, a community of people that understand. So Mm -hmm. getting together and um, and talking about what's going on, like I said, sharing songs, writing songs, just bonding with your baby and bonding with other moms who are in in the same boat, um, and just feeling supported through the use of music. Um, So my postpartum group is on Tuesdays, um for the next uh well now 5 weeks from this tuesday from 6 to 7:30 um central standard time and then uh the prenatal group is on thursdays from 6 to 7:30 central standard time and that'll run till the first week of october and then we'll have some new stuff um and so to keep up with that um we'll just go on my uh, social media and website and it's all there
0: Yes, yes, I love it. Because again, these are two populations that just, they don't even know who to turn to, to ask the question.
1: Exactly, yeah.
0: Both of them, they may see their OB, you know, once a month. And of course, when they're pregnant, it gets closer, but even little topics don't get discussed. And postpartum, they see their provider at six weeks and then probably Mm -hmm. never really again until their next pap smear. And there's so many questions and little, is this normal, is that normal, are these feelings normal?
1: yeah yeah and to be able to have a community of other moms that are like wait i'm i'm having that too and and to have somebody to facilitate like okay well let's you know how can we figure this out through a creative experience or how can we help develop a routine like maybe baby's not sleeping so what can we how can we use music to help you create a routine um how can you use music to help relax and create your own routine come up with some coping skills of like things feel really hard right now i'm I'm feeling really isolated. I'm feeling really anxious. What can I do? Well, okay, you'll have this in your toolbox to help you when you're feeling those things. And to be able to just say, I'm feeling anxious. I'm yes. Feeling,
0: you know, yeah. 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 To say it to people who aren't living under your roof or so close to you can actually be more open sometimes. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And the hope is that, you know, here pretty soon, when it's safe to do so, is to get back into um, being in person and, and, and away from home. Um, and you know, cause I think right now we're all kind of virtually telehealth and zoomed out. Yes. Um, yes. So yeah. Wanting to get out of the house and to see people face to face. And there's just a different energy in the room when you're face to face. So, um, one of these days we'll get back to that. <laughs> yeah. Right now. I think this is a good way to, to help people to it's a good another
0: way to do it. Are you seeing clients in person though? Yeah. I am.
1: I'm still seeing people in person. Yeah. Socially distanced and masked up, but I'm
0: there. <laughs> yeah. but for people who want to see someone in person one-on-one, it's a great option or small groups.
1: Agreed. Agreed. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. What did I not ask you about? What is there something or any groups mm-hmm. of things that you want to share with our audience? You're so passionate about music therapy. When I talked to you the first time, I was just like, I have to bring this girl on. Oh,
1: thank you. I, I love it. I love advocating for it. Um, I guess, so yeah, my services, I um, we've kind of talked a little bit on it, but I guess I'll touch on it a little bit more. Um, I see people one-to-one in groups. Um, for all that information, it's, it's on my social media, which I'll talk about here in a minute. But um, I also do music therapy-assisted childbirth. Um, oh which is, I don't think something that is widely known, but um, basically meeting with um, the birthing person or the parents, um, and talking to them about how to use music in the labor and delivery room so um, you know training them on some nightly routines of as you're getting closer to the delivery maybe you're having trouble sleeping um, or relaxing and so teaching the, the birthing person how to um, how to develop those routines and then actually having um, individualized playlists that, match these different stages of labor um, and not as a substitute for epidural or any other pain relief, um, but in addition to to kind of help that process become more natural and, um, and easier um, and to help support in a musical, physical, emotional way um, and to be there to help bond the parents or bond the, the birthing person and the support person um, in a different way. So, yeah, I think it's so important to have emotional support in that room. And unfortunately, it just, even right now, especially right now, it just doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, so how, how can we be of support in that space that's so, um, there's so many things happening and it's so important to be there to help support?
0: Yeah, I, I can remember my third there was a certain song playing when she was born. And every time it comes on, I'm like, that's the song that Arrow is her name, that Arrow was born, you know, it was playing when she was born. And it's like, every time I hear it, it just brings back warm feeling. Like, I love it. I love that there's a memory and a song attached to her birth.
1: Exactly. And that's a big part of it is that, that initial moment when you meet and having that song, like that you picked out to welcome your baby into the world. Like that is I'm getting emotional thinking about it. I don't even have kids, but it's like, I cannot imagine the, the feeling of that. Um, and then also um, writing a song, like I talked about earlier, um, having written a song to say all the things that you wanted to say to your baby about how much you love them and, and what you're hoping for um, as they come into the world. Like that's just so powerful to be able to share with them in that moment. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's beautiful. And I think it's something that... Um, if you're interested in, definitely reach out.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think anybody who's pregnant or thinking about getting pregnant, this would be a really cool adjunct to your labor and delivery, for sure. You yeah, I know right. things, again, we have to unfortunately keep bringing up Rona, but I mean, I don't even I know, know if to be allowed in a hospital at this time, but you can help them create a playlist that they could take with them.
1: Correct, yes, and so still being able to, yep, exactly, okay. exactly.
0: That's awesome. I mean, that's just such another great service. You have so many services to offer and stuff. <laughs> I love it.
1: <laughs> yes. And, and I'm always, I'm an idea person. I'm always thinking of new stuff, so I'm sure there'll be more one day, but yeah. like we were talking about earlier, I kind of have to, we, we are reel it all in. I get too excited. <laughs> the creative energy just keeps flowing. <laughs>
0: Audience, which all are missing here is poor Allison is so sweet and kind hearted because on today is Friday and on Wednesday we were set to record this podcast, and I forgot so i 'm human sadly yeah. <laughs> and I totally forgot that I had scheduled a date with her to record our podcast, and I just realized and I talked with her about this that I just have way too much on my plate and i 'm someone who likes to keep my plate full so that's very easy yep. to pile things on, but at some point it overflows and you all the balls end up falling to the ground, and that's what happened. And, um, yeah, and, and obviously, Alice exactly. is like, like, like me. She likes to do a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs>
1: we have to set our own
0: boundaries, which is a really challenging thing. Yeah. Yes.
1: Yes. And even as a therapist, I teach it all day, but no, even I, I'm human. So, um, I, I still have my own, like, I love doing things. I love being a part of things, but I have to remind myself, like, you can only do so much in one day and got to pick and choose, unfortunately.
0: One thing I always tell my clients is you have to double down on your self-care. I mean, anybody who talks to me is going to hear that out of my mouth because I truly believe it. And then look at me dropping the balls.
1: (laughs) I know. I know.
0: (laughs) I feel you on that one. (laughs) But it's okay. We got this. We totally got this. I can help other people, just not myself, right? (laughs) I love what you're doing. I'm so excited for people to hear about what you're doing. And I can't wait to help put your name out there and you, let people me. really benefit from your services. So tell people how they can keep in touch with you.
1: Yeah. So I'm on Instagram and Facebook. Um, both of those are at M M&M and M therapy. Um, and then I also have a website, which is currently under construction, but it's also M M&M therapy.com. So hopefully I'll have that up in the next couple of weeks. Um, and Yeah, all of my email and phone number and address of my office are on those uh, various sites. Um, I'm also on just now on therapyden.com, which is a great resource for finding other um, providers in the area, creative arts therapists, um, psychotherapists, social workers, etc. So yeah, I think those are all the places where you can find me.
0: What about our listeners who might not be in Nashville? Can they join a virtual group? Yeah. Yes, we can. Yes.
1: Um, the only, the, even outside of Tennessee, um, right now it's allowed as long as it's not a state that has a creative arts therapy license, but that's something that I can talk about
0: with a okay. person um, in, my, uh, yeah, in my, yeah. in my concern outside of Nashville and even outside of Tennessee. So that's wonderful to hear that
1: you can yeah. people too. Yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> awesome. I'm excited about it and, um, looking forward to seeing, um, the, the, progress of this type of music therapy. Um, cause it is such a niche already, uh, with music therapy, but, um, hoping to see how we can help moms and dads out there and their babies.
0: I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for your time. Um, I'm going to post all your information. will be in the show notes. I'll blast all over my social media. So people will know how to get in touch with you, but thank you so much for what you're doing for our community and just for being you.
1: Well, thank you, Amy. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. I really enjoyed this. And I look forward to working with you again in the future.
0: No, I know. Okay, guys, I hope y'all have a fantastic week. And um, we're going into y'all will hear this actually on Labor Day. So I hope everybody has a safe and happy Labor Day. So Take care.